Bandwidth for Changelog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at Fastly.com. We move fast and fix things here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com. And we're hosted on Linode servers. Head to Linode.com slash Changelog. This episode of Practical AI is brought to you by Hired. One thing people hate doing is searching for a new job. It's so painful to search through open positions on every job board under the sun. The process to find a new job is such a mess. If only there was an easier way. Well, I'm here to tell you there is. Our friends at Hired have made it so that companies send you offers with salary, benefits, and even equity up front. All you have to do is answer a few questions to showcase who you are and what type of job you're looking for. They work with more than 6,000 companies from startups to large publicly traded companies in 14 major tech hubs in North America and Europe. You get to see all of your interview requests. You can accept, reject, or make changes to their offer even before you talk with anyone. And it's totally free. This isn't going to cost you anything. It's not like you have to go there and spend money to get this opportunity. And if you get a job through Hire, they're even going to give you a bonus. Normally it's $300, but because you're a listener of Practical AI, it's $600 instead. Even if you're not looking for a job, you can refer a friend and Hire will send you a check for $1,337 when they accept the job. As you can see, Hire makes it too easy. Get started at Hire.com slash Practical AI. So I think, Jared, for me, this show goes back a while because I met Daniel several years ago at GopherCon. He was in data science and wowed me with his super awesome ways. And like over, I think a while after that, he came on GoTime and we kind of struck a conversation of like, hey, we'd love to eventually do something around data science regarding a podcast. And then now we're here, practically I. Here we are. And we're not just joined by Daniel. We also have Chris with us. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey there. So we're going to talk about the show. This is going to be very much a uh, getting to know what this show is going to be like and what it's going to be about. But we do know it's going to be uh, hosted by you two. So let's get to know the hosts and, and then we'll get to know what, you know, why we're here and why we're even thinking this is a good idea. So uh, since Adam started with Daniel, I guess I'll start with Chris. Chris, why don't you give us a little bit of your background and... Uh, what makes you want to do a show that we're doing? Well, I've been a longtime Changelog uh, subscriber. Uh, follow Changelog, follow GoTime in particular. Um, and I, one of the things that 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 I have loved is being part of this community. And so, uh, as a as a member of the AI community that's you know racing along and developing, um, this has always been a missing uh, part of that community. I've, I've listened to other podcasts about AI, but it's never had the same uh, dynamic and the same feel. And uh, I, you know, having gotten to know Daniel uh, a while back, uh, we were talking about that. And it was really clear that this kind of, uh, of podcast, this kind of community really needed to come into being for the AI world. Um, so that people have a go, uh, have a place to go and, and have a home. And, and that has gotten us both very excited. And, and so that is, that is what I really want is I want to have, uh, a change log style community where every one of us, we know each other, we welcome each other, we help each other along, and we're able to bring, uh, this, uh, amazing topic of artificial intelligence and machine learning and deep learning to the world at large and make make it uh, possible for people to start participating in it and understand what it means and integrate it into their lives because it's uh, it's a truly 
uh, it's a it's a technology that's going to affect every every person on the planet. What was your particular angle into this community and these topics and this work that you're doing now? How did you get here? Well, uh, that's a little bit of a roundabout way. I actually got exposed to it uh, many years ago uh, when I was uh, I was in college, and uh, believe it or not, my my parents were in computer science. Mom. Uh, taught some computer science classes at Tech, and they were both engineers at Lockheed, and they worked on the uh, the F twenty two project, um, which is the uh, you know the stealth fighter is still the 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 leading air to air stealth fighter in the world, and they were part of that core team. And um, when they were they had these two prototypes that were out at Edwards Air Force Base, going through their uh, their maneuvers and kind of proving it out as this new plane. It was in nineteen ninety two, and one of those uh, prototype F twenty twos, it was called the YF twenty two at the time. Um, in the test flights, it was low down and, uh, they were going through some maneuvers where I believe the pilot was trying to kind of crash the plane onto the runway and the avionics were supposed to prevent it. And unfortunately the, the avionics did not do that and wow. it, hit the, it hit the ground and the pilot was, was fine. There's a YouTube video you can go out and see about the event, uh, in, uh, 1992, but my dad was one of the people tasked to figure out what happened and how to solve this and such going forward. And so as a college student, I came home and they came home from work. And that was our evening talk for about a year as dad was getting into neural networks uh, back in, you know, way back in the day. And wow. that was when I first learned about it. And um, so I kind of got exposed to it very intensely for about a year in our conversations and developed a passion for it. Um, and eventually the problems got solved and they moved on and it fell out of my life for a long time. But then, uh, as we've had this resurgence in, uh, deep learning, uh, which is, you know, neural network technology has come back. I've come back into it, uh, uh initially as a hobby. And then I turned my whole career toward this. And so over the last, uh, last few years here, uh, this is where I've arrived at and it's, it's become, it, it is my career going forward. That's what I love about these intro shows, Jared, because like that shows that chris and i can't wait to hear what daniel has to say but that shows that chris has top that daniel <laughs> he's got this you know he's got yeah, this no uh, stealth fighters for me all right <laughs> well it just shows that it goes back generational you know yeah it's like legacy you know what i mean like it's part of the family which makes it even cooler this will sound really corny when i say this but honestly uh, my dad has, has since passed away but i actually feel closer to my dad working in the space because it brings up memories of us talking through this uh in years past so there there really is actually an emotional attachment a family attachment in this topic for me in that sense it reminds me of a changelog episode that we did and i can't remember who we were interviewing maybe it was tensorflow maybe it was somebody else but you know, they mentioned this thing, which you just brought it back to me, Chris, is how that for a very long time, these uh, particular methodologies and the mathematics and this was like, they aren't new. They were, the, they were in the land of uh, academia and research and in the labs, but there wasn't like a, a commercial viability to them for, for so long. And then all of a sudden it exploded and, and everything changed overnight. And all of a sudden the, the yeah. place of of R&D became Apple commercials and, you know, Google, you know, products. And that's such a dramatic shift. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really amazing what's happened. When I, when I think back, um, one of the thoughts I've had going back to when he was doing it and I was still, you know, you know, this was what, 20 years ago, basically. And, and he had some advantages that I don't think most people had at the day and that, that he worked for a, a company that was invested in emerging technologies and he had the compute power available for what it was that day. Um, he had the background 
Um, and the data set that came off the plane that they were trying to do is they were using the other prototype and generating data. They were flying around. I remember my dad telling me that um, they were basically uh, pulling data off all these sensors on the on the remaining prototype. And that generated a massive amount of data, you know, on a per second basis, all these sensors are sending it down. And that's what he was using for neural network training. But he was in, uh, in retrospect, he was in such a unique position to have both the compute, the big data necessary, uh, and the algorithmic expertise uh, to, to bring that together in 1992. And that was such a rare case. And that's why it didn't really take off in the world at that point, other than these exception cases. And so we're in a very different world now where... We all have this compute power, which we, I'm sure we'll be talking about uh, at length. And, and we have lots of big data around that we're using and lots of algorithmic, uh, both the expertise and, and it's continuing to develop on a day to day. So something that he was in a very unique opportunity to do back then is now available to all of us today. And that's one of the reasons for me that I wanted to have this podcast is that this is now available to everybody. Well, that's definitely what this is going to be about is the exploration of all the missing pieces and all the pieces that are there now to make it something that has become such a mind blowing and crazy growing industry uh, that just wasn't quite there before. Now it's, it's like the magic moment, the special time for it. It really is. We're in the middle of a revolution. So Daniel, what about you? What's uh, what's your story? Let's, let's go. How did you get into AI? I know you were in data science, met you years ago at GopherCon. Kind of give the backstory to you and, and data science and your perspective. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it, it's just super awesome to be be here with you guys. I know we've been, like you mentioned, Adam, we've been talking about this for, for a long time. quite a while. So it's, it's I like pretty that, exciting though. to, yeah. I mean, it, it, we went through, you know, various iterations of, of what this should be. And I'm, I'm really excited that, you know, uh, Chris, Chris is kind of coming along here and has, has a, the same passions and um, this is becoming reality. So I'm, I'm super excited about it. It's been at least, I want to say at least a year, maybe a year and a half in the making. Yeah, I think it was, um, we might've met, I was on go time, probably like one of the first few episodes. I in think the first before. 20, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So yeah, it's been, been a while, but I think it was around that time or not long after it. I was like, Hey, you did great on that show. I know you're in data science and know we're expanding different things we're doing here we should do something like there's no one really covering data science that well from a podcast perspective, like the stories and the the nuances and the, the news and the changes and the people and the projects and all the things that are coming from it. I mean, I learned about Pachyderm and data lakes that day on that podcast. And I was like, I had no idea there was even a data lake. That's so cool. And that's, that's what's like, we should do a podcast about this. And here we are now it's evolved into not just data science, but also AI and machine learning and neural networks and all the in-betweens. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's exciting. And, um, I think it's, I, I'm excited to just learn from, from everybody on the show. It's, it's going to be great. So yeah, I, I can kind of give a little bit of, of my backstory. Um, I actually started out in the physics world. So, um, I did my undergrad and graduate work in physics and started out doing, you know, academic research, um, in atomic and molecular physics, basically trying to calculate the properties of um, of atoms and molecules from first principles. So basically what that means is like from first principles, we're, there's kind of two camps in this world. There's the camp that says, hey, we're going to like figure out the equations that describe nature and just using those equations calculate properties about these things. And then there's the other side, which is like, well, we're just going to like create these incredibly complicated functions and 
parameterize all of their various um, parameters based on experiments, and then they'll do good at predicting properties. So I was in the camp of like using all like from first principles, just using the equations that describe nature, um, which now is, I see as incredibly ironic because if you look at what AI is, it's basically the the other camp from which I was in creating these these complicated functions and, and models and parameterizing them to describe reality. Right. So I find that incredibly ironic. And it was during this time that um, I was actually exposed to machine learning. Uh, to begin with, because if you think about that problem, you know, uh, people are trying to like come up with all of these complicated models to describe how to how to calculate the properties of electrons. And eventually someone, you know, a group in, in um, Berkeley, they, they said, well, hey, let's just let the machines do it. And so they started using machine learning methods to actually learn kind of the exact solutions for these functionals to to describe um, to describe the properties of atoms and molecules. And I was basically, I mean, it was kind of sad in one sense because I was like, well, then, you know, all like, that's basically the way we should be doing it. Right. Because, but at the same time, I'm doing a whole PhD on not doing things that way. So it was, it was just kind of funny in that sense that, that, that was my first, uh, first exposure to it. Um, but then I, I, I went into industry after, after academia I really didn't know why, you know, what jobs were available for a theoretical physicist in industry. It's not really that clear. Um, and that was kind of at the beginning of the hype of data science. So like pre-AI hype, but like data science hype um, and just the beginning of that. And so I, I found a first job working with this IP firm, basically, you know, helping lawyers understand math um, is essentially the job, <laughs> which is is incredibly in interesting in certain ways um and i <laughs> in, in which ways uh well i mean it's i i think it was incredibly valuable for me because it in some ways it helped me try to like really articulate complex things to people that without you know without as much of a ba math background right um, and so I think that's a hugely valuable skill in, in you had industry. to make it practical. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like making it practical, being able to help people flesh out the flow of all of the different things they were doing. Um, I think all of that, I, I mean, I think it built a lot in me that has really helped me since then. So, um, yeah, I think it was, it was, it was great. Um, also improved my writing skills greatly because it turns out lawyers are, um, are rather particular about their grammar. Yes, words mean a lot. Words, the right word in the right place or the wrong word in the wrong place could be very, very detrimental or very good. Yeah, so eventually kind of how I got into data science was I, I kind of worked with all these people and helped kind of explain their stuff. And I started to realize, hey, there are these data science people out there, data scientists who are doing things that are like quite familiar to me, even though I didn't know people were doing them in industry. Like, they're creating these models that are very similar to some of the like mathematical and com comp uh, computational techniques that I've done, um, but applying them to different problems in business. And so that's where I, it kind of hit me, hey, like I should be one of those people because that sounds fun. So I got a job as a data scientist at a startup and have, have been one since. Um, and now I'm working with a, a great, uh, on a great project called, called Pachyderm, which I'm sure we'll talk about more on the, on the show. Um, but yeah, just really excited to kind of 
take that full circle from initially being kind of trumped by machine learning in my in my academic research uh, to kind of coming full circle and participating in in the revolution, as as Chris was saying. But no, no stealth fighters at all in my in my past that I know of, although I've I'm sure I've been spied on, but I haven't (laughs) been participating. So the tagline for this show, for this podcast, is that it makes artificial intelligence practical, productive and accessible to everyone. So uh, why don't you guys help the audience understand, first of all, exactly what that means. And then secondly, how we're going to achieve that. Like, what are we going to go about doing here? I would love to hear Chris's definition of AI. Um, and maybe that will lead into, to, you know, make it accessible. It's kind of funny that has evolved for me over time. And when I, um, when I look at, you can look at different people, how they relate, you know, AI and define it and, um, with machine learning and deep learning. And, um, I've evolved as well on that. And where, where I am right now is I think of AI as almost a, uh, a holding term for for whatever is the current technology that you're defining that with. So if if you were to go back and um, when when my mom was studying AI back in the like 19, early 1980s at Georgia Tech, um, the things that she was working on, which is you know no longer exists today, it's it was called symbolic AI, and that is that is essentially a field that that is no longer with us. But you know that was what people meant when they said AI and. Today, as we are as we are recording this, uh, AI is almost exclusively in most people's minds uh, uh, deep learning, and that's how people refer to it. And that realization made me understand that AI was a term that evolves over time and evolves with us with with the technology advancements that are occurring. And so uh, it made me realize that AI in 2030 may be something that is different from deep learning as we define it today. And so uh, I've almost disconnected uh, what it means. I, I, it's kind of like if you're if you're thinking about it as uh, AI being a variable and you have you know and you're setting that variable to a value that that value changes over time and it's not it's not a constant. So um, in my view today, and this is certainly um, it's not the truth. It's just the way I see it. I I really largely associate deep learning with what AI is today and and deep learning being a a subset or subdiscipline of machine learning. And that is um that is so if I say AI, I'm almost invariably uh referring to deep learning. There there is debatably a few other machine learning technologies that you might define in that category, but that is it for me. But I also go forward with that expectation that how I'm defining AI is going to evolve. And so what 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 we talk about down the road may be a bit different as new technologies arise and and are put into into practice. So do you have to define artificial intelligence based on the definition of deep learning? Yeah, I th- I think um right now it is, but I think overall, you know, we we're we're in this this long-term trend over decades of trying to bring more intelligent solutions into being and 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 that brings the word intelligent in which is itself in this context a little bit uh, a little bit mushy in terms of how we're defining it but we're trying to get to where our uh, computing capabilities are becoming ever more sophisticated and require ever less explicit programming uh, from us and so uh, I, I kind of think of uh, today uh, the place i've arrived is i kind of think of ai is the current 
a state of the art of of how you get there um and 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 largely associated with self-learning um uh in terms of how you would approach it um and it's funny there there's a i was at the nvidia gpu uh conference a few weeks ago and the ceo of nvidia uh jensen wong uh had some had a a line in his presentation that i've really taken to and that is that uh, ai is the new source code and and he really sees it as redefining not just data science but specifically software development itself and and that it is a it is a new way of getting where you want to go where you are letting your systems find that best path forward instead of an, a programmer explicitly using if then or case statements you know to 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 get to that same place and they have to think of every edge case so uh, ai uh, is is to me forward thinking it that that statement has colored the last few weeks how I'm looking at it is is it's it's the next generation of software it is the revolution in software programming um, that we're going through and it's not just something that that belongs to the data science world it's a fusion of them I'm really glad to hear that perspective from you Chris and I, I expected the reason why I asked that because I think it kind of leads um, a lot to how we answer like Jared's original questions around the show and that sort of thing. And the fact is that, you know, AI and this space is kind of constantly evolving and there's so much, you know, happening, happening and will happen over time that will, will change how that's even defined. And so I think part of the show is really kind of bringing people along with us on that journey and kind of bringing them into the current state of the community, introducing them to what the new things are, are, are coming online and, and how, uh, you know, how we're kind of navigating this constantly changing thing called called AI. Um, at the same time, I was kind of, uh, you know, poking, poking Chris, because if you ask that question at, you know, some AI conference, it's guaranteed to get you like two days of intense discussion and, and argument. <laughs> we were pretty close. Um, which is... <laughs> <laughs> the, the answer was longer than I expected. That's for sure. But I like yeah. that. No, I, I think uh, uh, I actually just listened to the Changelog show on... Um, Elasticsearch or Elastic, I guess, is the company now, but you're talking about Elasticsearch. And uh, I, I think a great comment was made in that show about no one wants just data, right? They want insights from the data, which has led, you know, the Elasticsearch team to create, you know, these great tools around full, full text search. Um, and they kind of have implemented that as a way to get insights. And I would say like, you know, no one wants data. They want insights from the data, right? And in so many cases, either we, we don't want to or we can't define the relationships between the data and the insights in an easy way, right? And in my mind, AI is filling that gap, right? It's filling the gap between data and these complicated, complex relationships that eventually lead to some insight, whether that's detecting objects or, or whatever it is. And I, I think that's why like Chris mentioned, it, it changes so much over time is um, those insights that we want might change, but our data also might change and we might, you know, develop new methods for, you know, defining those relationships. And now we have, you know, examples like using machine learning to figure out how to do machine learning um, and, and define those uh, relationships. So it's, it's a lot of exciting stuff. So touching on a little bit, well, you know, looking down the show, let's say we've been doing this for six months. What do you guys imagine are some of the topics that have been covered or maybe even some of the guests 
that you've had on? What are some conversations that you just can't wait to have and that people can expect from practical AI? That's a great question. I kind of view, you know, multiple different categories of shows that, that we'll have um, and interviews that we'll have. Uh, so we will have kind of guest interviews that will be focused on certain applications of AI, right? To to really interesting things like like detecting new planets and, you know, um, identifying cancer and other things like that. So that's something I would expect. I would also expect us to have guests on that will help us pick apart these complicated topics because we we really want people in the more people in the AI community. We we welcome you and we want you and we as well want to learn about all of these complicated topics in a very accessible way and don't want it to be um, intimidating, which you know AI might be to to certain people. So we'll have kind of some learning shows like that. And then, um, you know, finally, we'll just kind of have some topical shows. Uh, so there's a lot of kind of general areas in in AI. So uh, Chris mentioned deep learning, which if you're not familiar, has to do with these very deep neural networks. So in, in essence, a very, very, very complicated, you know, nonlinear function that you parameterize to do something like object detection. Um, and so we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that as, as a topic, um, but there's a lot of other things and, and really interesting things like, you know, AI ethics, you know, what if, what if your self-driving car, you know, runs over someone um, in malicious AI and other things. And then, you know, what, what infrastructure do people use for AI? Um, how do you do AI on a phone? Um, so all, there's all sorts of interesting topics that have to do either with the application of AI um, or actual technology around the, you know, practical uh, implementation of AI. Yeah, there there are so many different levels to to answer that question on. There's yeah. in terms of what I'm looking for uh, to cover a couple real fast. There's I, I will I know that Daniel and I will have joy when we see people that maybe you're intimidated that uh, don't necessarily know how to how to enter into the field. Uh, understand that the tools are accessible. Uh, understand how to get started in it, and so um, you know that data scientist or that software developer who says, uh, "Wow, it seems like this might I might have a really good problem to solve if I only was able to do that." And and to help that person get started, understand where to go, what the resources are, um, how to how to think about the problem. And in just a very pragmatic sense of there, which is which is just how all of us have entered into so many other technology areas, you know, and that this is just another one at that level, um, because the the availability of tools and and the the the, the explosion in terms of resources out there, uh, tutorials and stuff is just it's just overwhelming in terms of what I see coming across my newsfeed and to help find really good material and, and push it toward people and say, Hey, I think this is a useful thing. That's, that's one. And then beyond that, one thing that's unique about this field is that, um, as AI does evolve beyond where it's at today, someday, um, this is potentially a technology that takes on characteristics that no other technologies, uh, have ever achieved. You know, there, there is the, uh, speculation on uh, self-awareness and super intelligence and consciousness that are parts of the of just everyday language. You don't have to be an AI to be discussing these, and and they're questions that that I get asked all the time, um, and and they're fascinating to think about. And and Daniel mentioned the ethics concern. I think this is 
this is a huge area where you have uh, a tool set that is so powerful, but we're just starting to understand how it can be used. And there's still many things that we don't know about where we're going to go with it. And so these questions of using it responsibly is going to be a really big topic going ahead. And so there's, you don't just have the the technical side, you have the 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 societal impact, you have the ethical concerns that are associated with it, um, and, and you have it uh, as how do you merge this technology into humanity in the years ahead in a productive way, in a way that helps people rather than hurting them. Um, and, and just it's, there's so much opportunity for conversations on all of these different levels um, that I'm really excited to welcome people into this conversation uh, and have that kind of diversity of, of thought uh, on this. And so, some shows I would imagine are, are very hands-on and others are, are debating these, these larger issues. Well, as you all can tell, we are very excited, all four of us, as we uh, continue on. I'm excited to listen because this is very much an area of software development and the industry that I'm on the fringe of. And I think podcasts are an excellent way to learn these things in a non-pressure filled, right? No, you don't have to perform. Uh, you can do it while you're mowing the lawn or while you're commuting or what have you. Um, and so I definitely intend on listening uh, every week and, and accessing myself some AI as well. So um, looking forward to it. That kind of leads into maybe what we can expect. So if you're a listener out there listening to this, obviously you're like, hey, what can we expect from this show? And I think, you know, we're, we have some ideas. Obviously, those ideas may change. We're all about iteration here. So the rough idea is obviously sharing news, resources, and as Daniel and Chris mentioned, making them very practical, uh, you know, maybe even demystifying things that are very complex or hard to understand or giving people inroads who are intimidated. But you've also got this other side where you want to do you know, either topical interviews or straight up interviews or having people that are really innovating in this space, sharing what they're working on and how they're working on it. So I think that that's something that the listeners can expect. This is definitely going to be a weekly podcast. So expect something in your ears every single week. If we're not doing that, then we're dropping the ball. And we're not going to do that. So any closing thoughts from Chris or Daniel, anything else you want to leave on the floor here before we close out this first intro show? Yeah, I certainly do. I, I want, first of all, I want to thank uh, both Adam and Jared uh, for for kind of believing in in this idea of 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 the community around AI and giving Daniel and I this opportunity to engage the community. Um, I, I think I'm I'm really looking forward to what we can build uh, ahead. And then on top of that, I'm really hoping that the listeners engage us. Daniel and I are both very active on social media on Twitter. Um, and, and this, this is a dialogue. This is something that, that the reason we wanted to get this going is to have a community that you can come to feel welcome in, um, take a risk in, you don't have to know everything, um, and explore it with us as we go forward. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that feedback and that conversation with our community as we build that up. That's, I, I'm, I'm tremendously excited to do that. Well, on that note, I also want to mention, since you said the word community, you can go to changelog.com slash community. And, you know, that dialogue can happen in Slack. So if you go to that, uh, that URL, you'll see a sign that says join the community. Click that button. It costs you nothing. You can get in Slack. You can talk with us in the AI channel or any other channels we have going on there about uh, certain topics. But I'm sure Daniel and Chris will be in there. But if, if that's something you're interested in, you should definitely do that like right now. And Absolutely. Uh, what about you, Daniel? Yeah, I, I kind of will echo uh, Chris's uh, 
thanks to to everyone and and also i just reiterate you know um we we view kind of the development of practical methods in ai and the practice of ai as something very important as um as as this trend grows and we want you to be part of things and um, i would just encourage you if if you're if you're starting out in ai or maybe you you feel like you need to level up in in ai you know get your get your hands dirty and we're here we're here to help you know just hack on something and get something working or not working and then uh come grab us in in slack or on twitter and and reach out and um you know the the that's that's how we all got started and and I, I certainly hope that you'll just try to get hands on and try some things. Um, and and we can't wait to see what you build. And on that note, I'll also emphasize, I mean, we're going to have some great guests on the show from all sorts of places like, you know, like Google and um, and other places. But um, we also want to hear from from people, you know, in the trenches, working in, in, in startups, trying to build products around AI or maybe just doing amazing side project work uh that's that's open source and we want to hear from you so if you if you've got something really interesting going and an interesting project um and maybe you're doing something you know uh for uh you know not not for profit but just for your own interest or for some greater good you know these these are the things that we would love to hear about and we'd love to feature so um we at least like you to come and share those with us and and hope to discuss those things. So there's two URLs I can suggest for that. Um, well, actually one, sorry. Uh, one's an email, one's a URL. So you can email us at any time for things like this. So show suggestions, editors at changelaw.com. Our preference is our open inbox, which is on GitHub. It's a repo called ping. So you can go to github.com slash the changelog slash ping. And we have labels in there for all of our different shows. So if you want to, mention a particular suggestion for us to key in on for practically AI, go there. Or if it's something you just want to email us and say, Hey, email editors at changelaw.com. We'll get that in the right place. And so if you've got ideas like Daniel's mentioning here, just reach out. So that's it. Well, fellas, thank you so much for, uh, you know, this is going to be a fun ride. I think that's probably what I'm thanking you for. It's like, this is going to be an adventure. It's going to be an exploration and to you, the listeners. You're going to come on this ride with us and uh, just hang on. It's going to be fun. We're psyched, man. Totally psyched. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. All right. We'll leave it there. All right. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Practically AI. If you enjoyed this show, do us a favor. Go on iTunes. Give us a rating. Go in your podcast app and favorite it. If you are on Twitter or a social network, share a link with a friend. Whatever you got to do, share the show with a friend if you enjoyed it. And bandwidth for changelog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at Fastly.com. And we catch our errors before our users do here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com slash Changelog. And we're hosted on Linode Cloud Servers. Head to Linode.com slash Changelog. Check them out. Support this show. This episode is hosted by Daniel Whitenack and Chris Benson. Editing is done by Tim Smith. The music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. And you can find more shows just like this at changelaw.com. When you go there, pop in your email address, get our weekly email, keeping you up to date with the news and podcasts for developers in your inbox every single week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.